0: Hey friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Okay, so today we have a great conversation for you. I got to sit down and visit with Jody Burnt, and we talked about her book "Praying the Scriptures for Your Life." This conversation was chock full of goodness, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Jody is so kind and so wise, and obviously, you can imagine what our conversation was about given the title of the book. But I think that you are going to walk away with so much goodness from this. I would grab a pen and paper if I was you to take notes because she poured out some really good nuggets of wisdom for us. So I know you guys are going to love this conversation and here it is with Jodi. Hi, Jodi. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you on with us today. Oh, Caitlin, thank you for having me. It's a delight to be with you. Okay. To start for those that might not know you yet, would you just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you?
1: Sure. Let's see. I have been married to my husband for about 36 years. We have four adult children and one granddaughter, and then a little grandson who's going to be born next month. And uh, let's see. I am a writer, a speaker. I'm excited to talk to you today about uh, how we can pray because my books are uh, mostly about prayer, praying the scriptures for your children, your teens, your adult children, and then most recently, I've done one called "Praying the Scriptures for Your Life." So that's kind of
0: a nutshell. Awesome. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about that book, "The Praying the Scriptures for Your Life," because I'm curious. So your other books were really about. Praying for other people, right? And this one is praying for ourselves. Yes, yes. I started, I never thought I'd become a book writer. I'll just put that out there. It was sort
1: of falling backwards into it. But um, when our children were very little, we had four kids in six years. And I found myself kind of doing a lot of praying, just asking God to help them, whether it was on a spelling test or have friends or any of the things that we want for our little ones. And honestly, my prayers were starting to get a little bit dry and stale. And then I was introduced to this whole idea of using the Bible to help shape our thoughts and desires and our prayers and really praying the scriptures, you know, kind of putting God's words into practice in in prayer form. And that just really invigorated it for me. And I got really excited and started praying about all kinds of things. Like, for example, if my children um, needed wisdom, for example, I might pray out of Oh, Psalm 32, I think it is verse eight, where it says, instruct me and teach me in the way I should go. Counsel me with your loving eye on me. And I could just turn that into a prayer saying, Lord, you know, instruct my daughter, Virginia, teach her in the way that she should go. Counsel her with your loving eye on her. And that just made both my Bible reading and my prayer time kind of more invigorating and exciting. And I started talking to other parents kind of wondering, okay, what do you want God to do for your kids? And And that became, to make a long story short, the book that was first called Praying the Scriptures for Your Children then my kids grew up uh, and hit the teen years and started dating and driving and doing teenage (laughs) things. And I thought, okay, I kind of have to go back to the drawing board because I don't think I was doing a whole lot of researching what the Bible says about those things, you know, then, and then they grew up even more and became adults and needed things like jobs and marriage partners and just desire to conceive and have children and all of those things and some, some tricky subjects too, in each, each of those levels. So I thought, okay, well, that's absolutely fine and done. Pray for our kids, no matter how old they are. And my publisher approached me and they said, well, what would you think about doing a a book about helping people kind of pray for themselves, you know, praying the scriptures for your life. And honestly, Caitlin, I kind of balked at that. It felt kind of narcissistic to me, a little bit like navel gazing, like, why would we focus on ourselves when there's so many other needs that our neighbors and friends and kids and, you know, heck the world out there has. And yet the more I pondered it and prayed about it, the more I began to feel like God was saying, you know, I want you to come to me with your needs, big ones, small ones. Mm. I want you to pray. I want to have that relationship with you. I want to hear about your life. And really he sort of gave me a picture into the father child relationship it's like we have as parents, when we want our kids to come to us and tell us about their joys and their heartaches, their struggles, their longings. That's a a delight to us as parents. And God kind of showed me, Hey, it's a delight to him when we go to him. And so, so that book then yeah, came together as praying the scriptures for your life. And it's designed to equip us to pray about the different needs that we have in our own lives.
0: I love that. And I do feel like a lot of people struggle with praying for themselves. I yeah, think that's yeah. a that's a really big thing. And some people even have said, it feels yucky. Like, I don't want to pray for myself that like, why does God care about my little problems? And I'm like, but he does because he, he can care about them all. Yes, he so does. And I, you know, people
1: will come to me and they'll say, well, you know, I don't know if I should pray about that. I don't want to be clogging the lines when somebody with something really big is trying to get through, you know, and we, we put God in this sort of human box. Like we think he only has bandwidth for a, a limited number of issues or that, like you were mentioning, he only cares about the big things. And yet scripture tells us he knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. I think he loves it. When we come to him with the little needs, I don't think there's any need that's too little for his attention or, or on the flip side, too big for him to tackle.
0: Right. And I also think for a lot of people, prayer can get tricky to where they feel like it's, they either don't know how to approach it or that it is just a box that they have to check off on the Christian to do. So how would you address that?
1: Yeah that's a great question and one I hear all the time even from people who've spent their whole lives in church. You know, I don't think the church teaches us a lot about prayer. I think it's one of those things that we assume, oh you'll just do it, you know, talk to God. And yet um I meet people all the time who tell me gosh, I feel like that's something my minister does or like the really varsity Christians, you know. And so some people <laughs> are like I don't know if I can just just talk to him. And honestly, I felt that when I had all these little kids. I remember thinking Okay, if I can't make it be really intentional with my journal and my Bible and you know maybe even a candle like you see on Instagram now or whatever but <laughs> if I can't make it kind of look like that that deep quiet time it doesn't count and then an older wiser woman said to me you know what Jody just just do it just talk to God all day long you know when you're folding the kids laundry you can pray that God would clothe them with compassion when you're on a walk, pushing a stroller, you can pray that they would walk with God. You know, all of these things kind of as, as moment by moment daily prayers. And that really freed me up to not worry about how I sounded or whether I had my act together, but just kind of go to God. And honestly, that is really the backbone of this latest book because the subtitle is 31 Days of Abiding in the Presence, Provision, and Power of God. And I had to really learn what abiding meant, what it looks like in real life, because it's kind of a Theological, churchy word. One of my friends said, "You know, it's something that you think that people with a lot of time on their hands might do. Abide, you know, like you could do at the DMV, like you wait around and wait until <laughs> your name is called." And, and yet, all it really means is to remain in connection with the Lord, kind of moment by moment, day by day. You know, when we come to Christ and and acknowledge our our sin and ask Him to be our Lord and our Savior, certainly that's a moment of surrender. But I think for Christians, he calls us to an ongoing surrender, a daily yielding, a turning to him moment by moment with our needs, our desires, and and just asking his purposes to be played out in our lives. Kind of the the Jesus prayer, not my will, but thine be done, even as we are talking to him and sharing our desires and our needs. So I do think that abiding is kind of a moment by moment thing. And I think it, it really pleases God.
0: Yes, and I was gonna. You kind of mentioned it. You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Yeah. And I mean, I I know so many people. They're like, what? Like yeah. literally twenty four yeah. hours a day. Like, yeah. Wait, we, wait. We can do that. You know, I've got laundry to do and meals to cook
1: or a job to finish or whatever. And yet, you know, our mind is such a fascinating thing because think about it. You can be driving your car and carrying on a conversation with the passenger and also looking at the radio station or the time, you know, you can do all of these things at once in your brain. And when the Holy Spirit is in you, as he is in believers, he's always praying, scripture tells us. And so at one level with the spirit indwelling us, our mind is also engaged in prayer, even if we might not be consciously aware of it. So I think that's a little bit of the pray without ceasing. But I also think it's what we were talking about earlier of just kind of having the ongoing open line all day long where you can talk to God. You're in you're in traffic, you know, you're behind somebody and and the upcoming meeting pops into your mind and you just saying, Lord, you know, give me the wisdom, the words to say as I get ready to have this conversation or this meeting for work. And that's not something where you're sitting down in your quiet time chair with your Bible and your journal, that's you're you're in traffic and you're driving along and yet you're talking to him. So I think that's a little bit of a, of a pray without ceasing, both on our conscious level and on our subconscious as, you know, deep down there's a level at which we're connected to him.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think you can definitely tie in when you're praying scriptures through your everyday, you know, when you're driving or whatever that's, and I think that's also where it's important where, memorizing different scriptures comes in, even if you don't like, there's probably a hundred scriptures where I could not tell you them word for word, but I know them, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to recite them, but I, I know what the Bible says and I know God's character. And so I think that that plays into that. I think
1: that is super important and equipping. And yes, I I think it's wrong for us to beat ourselves up if we can't cite the exact chapter and verse. In my books, I do provide that with the chapter and the verse and the blank where you can put your name or your child's name or a friend's name in there, because it does give you the touch point of the place to look if you're not as familiar with where they might be found. Um, I'm all about kind of making prayer doable and exciting for people. But yes, to your point of knowing those scriptures I think if we want to really enjoy rich conversation with God, we've got to be reading our Bibles. We've got to be digging into scripture um, because that's if a picture prayer is a conversation and the Bible is the conversation side that's God's, it's his words to us. And as we read those things, we can process them and respond to them. We can question him about them. You know, what do you mean by this God or help me do that, Lord? Because that's where we're really going to get our fodder or how we should pray and also how we should think. You know, the more we spend time in scripture knowing who God is, like you mentioned, you know, his character, what he values, what he desires, the more we learn to trust that he's good and that he loves us. And that, you know, when, when James says you must believe and not doubt, if you're asking him for wisdom or for anything else, he's not saying you must, you know, believe you'll get it. You must believe in who God is and who his character is and what he's all about, what he longs for, what he wants to do in your life. Those are the building blocks of belief as we get to know him through his word that equip us to pray powerfully and effectively. Oh yeah, that's so good.
0: Okay, friends, I am sure that by now, probably most of you have heard me talk about my book, Faith, Farming, and Family, that released earlier this year with Waterbrook Publishing. And let me just tell you, releasing a book is one of the hardest yet most rewarding things I've ever done. But the best part has been hearing your stories about what the book has done for you. We have had hundreds of messages pour in saying that the book has changed your life, which y'all, my mind is just blown at those messages or how it's caused you to grow in your relationship with God or changed your marriage or your parenting or how you look at hospitality or so many different things. And I just, I give all the glory to God for that. But I wanted to tell you guys that right now, Amazon has the book on a major sale, like the lowest I've ever seen it, but they are low in stock. So if you have not ordered it yet, now is a great time to do so. We've also been hearing that so many of you are going to be using the book this fall to do Bible studies or book clubs. And I want you to know I purposely wrote the book to be easy to do that. So now is a great time to get stocked up on them. And I also wanted to tell you guys, the question I get asked the most is, I'm not a farmer, is this book for me? And let me just shout it from the mountaintops, yes. Yes, friend, yes. <laughs> I very specifically wrote this book so that if you are in the middle of New York City, you are going to walk away with just as much as if you're on a farm like me. So all the stories are from our life on the farm. And let me tell you, there are some crazy There's hilarious stories and there are some heart-wrenching stories in there, but at the end, it's all down to the lessons within the story, lessons that we can all relate to. So yes, you do not need to be a farmer to walk away getting so much out of this book. But I also just want to tell you guys, thank you. Thank you for your messages of kindness and encouragement and for letting me know how the book has helped you. I truly appreciate every single message, comment review, order, and share. And it just means so much to me. So you can head over to Amazon and get it on sale or just click the link in the show notes. And now back to today's episode. If we want to talk about the importance and the beauty of praying scripture, look at Jesus in the wilderness when he's being tempted. Anything he would have said to Satan would have been written down as scripture, but he quoted the old Testament and quoted scripture. Yep. So we're like, well, even Jesus is doing that. Yes. Yes. And I, I
1: love how the Bible kind of gives us a window into Christ's prayer life. And people will say to me sometimes, you know, okay, so oh, if God loves me and he's powerful and he's going to do what he was going to do, right? So why do I have to pray? Can I just let him do what he wants to do? And I just kind of giggle and I think, well, okay, Jesus prayed, first of all, like to your point, (laughs) that is the number one example for us to follow. And if he did it, how much more should we? Um, But I also think we pray because God commands us to, you know, you could say, well, God invites us to, and it is an invitation. Prayer is the vehicle that he invented for dispensing his blessing and his provision into our lives. But he tells us to do it. And I think one of the reasons he does is that A, he wants relationship with us, right? He doesn't want it to be just the vending machine. He wants to have the give and take with us and the conversations and the intimacy. But not only that, I think he wants us to pray because he wants us to live in dependence upon him, acknowledging him as our provider, the one that offers protection, blessing, wisdom, all the things we need. And I I think that's what prayer does. It signals that relationship. It signals that dependence. And that really brings glory to God.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and even going on to the question of, you know, do our prayers matter or can we change God's mind even? Well, okay. Look at Moses in the Old Testament when God tells him he is going to destroy everyone again. And, you know, Moses says, let's not do that, please. You know, Moses goes to God and he changes his mind. And, you know, I think obviously we're not going to change God's mind. And, you know, a lot of times I've gone to God in prayer over things and I didn't change his mind, but he changed my heart on the situation. But I think that's a beautiful example of why prayer is so important.
1: Yeah, it is so important. And, and you know, I love, I love that you even bring up that example because people who are so smart go back and forth on that one. And one of the explanations I love of kind of passages like that where you see somebody coming and God does something different than he had said he was going to do. And it would, it would probably be John Calvin or someone like that who would say, yes, but God knew that that's what you were going to pray, mm-hmm. that's what this was going to pray. And so he actually incited that prayer. He inspired that prayer. You know, so for us, we might not be changing God's mind, but he might know that as we partner with him through our prayers, that's a breakthrough experience. That's where something is released in the heavenlies because of our prayers and God, you know, wants us to do that, to release it. Just like he, he incited Moses. He inspired Moses, Abraham, others through scripture to pray those prayers so that then he would go
0: ahead and bless us. Oh yeah. I love that. Okay. So tell me how does, when we're talking about closeness with Christ and, and going back to that abiding, how does that equip us to bear fruit through our prayers? Oh, you know, great question. And I would actually
1: point to John 15, and I kind of spent two years in that one little chapter as I was writing this, praying the scriptures for your life book, because that's where Jesus says, John 15, verses seven and eight, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And then he goes on and he says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And you read that and you read the bigger John 15 chapter and you realize that God's put us in the world to be fruit bearers. He wants us to be productive people who live lives that matter. And I mean, we might think, oh gosh, abiding sounds so dull and remaining in Christ and all of that. I got to get out there and do something. Jesus would say, well, the way you get out there and do something is through sticking with me and through praying and partnering with me. And then you bear fruit through your prayers, because the things that happen in answer to prayer are that fruit in our lives and in other people's lives and in the world out there. So um, yeah, I I think you've hit on that link that the more we remain connected to Christ, the more we dig into his word, the more we'll be able to pray specifically and powerfully about a given situation or relationship and see fruit come as a result of that. It's
0: an exciting invitation. Yeah. I know we touched on this for just a second, but If someone is listening, who's like, I haven't been praying, I haven't prayed in so long, and I don't even know where to start. What would you suggest?
1: That's the really
0: cool thing
1: about God, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The moment we turn in his direction, you know, if we just say, dear God, our father, you know, just the start that opens the door. And he takes it from there. All we have to do is turn to him and he establishes that connection. And we don't have to worry about how we sound. You know, people think, oh, I got to get my act together. I need to sound holy enough, or I need to convince God to listen to me, or I need to even get my life straight before I can go before a holy person who's like, I'm not really sure how. I would say, you know, just do it, just jump in. But But again, that's why I did these books because I thought, you know, I wasn't really sure how to pray beyond sort of the help me prayers. And I think help me is a, is a great prayer. Honestly, it's something King David prays, you know, you see help me over and over again in scripture. So that if that's your prayer, that's a good one. But just to be able to pray about specific things, like I know you've seen the book and the table of contents and it invites us to pray about having joy in our lives, you know, hearing God's voice, finding freedom from worry or fear or extending forgiveness. I mean, that's a hard one. We know we're supposed to forgive others, but in in and of ourselves, a lot of times we can't do that. The wound is just too deep. And yet we can come to God and we can say, help me, equip me. You know, let me love with your love, not my love, but let me love out of your love, Father. And he will do that. And so all of these things, these needs we face, you know, our, our gifts and talents, how we're going to use those things, just avoiding the comparison trap is another one. That's one of the chapters, mm. because I think we do that. It doesn't how long we've lived, how how old we are, how strong we are in the Lord. There's always going to be that little temptation to compare and yet Galatians tells us don't compare yourself with mm-hmm. others. Just everyone needs to level best with what you can. And and God will equip us to do that when we turn to him.
0: I always find it is so amazing how, when, when you really start praying and digging in and when we ask God for very specific things, like, I mean, there's been days with three little kids and I'm like, God, can you give me joy in this today? Cause like being a mom is really hard today. It just at it, the ways that he just shows up in, in specific prayers. And it's like, all, all I did was ask, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, I, I always find honest, that so cool. Yeah. Caitlin, when you just said,
1: you know, give me joy. Like, yes, it's a joy and a gift to have children. I mean, nobody would doubt that. And yet when you're in the daily, daily, that prayer for joy, for that supernatural joy, you know, that you might not be able to gin up in the middle of your housework or your laundry or trying to get your presentation for work submitted before you have to pick up the children or whatever it is. I love your honesty and just saying, God, I need joy in this because I think that uh, certainly the Bible is a lot more honest and open about our vulnerabilities there and our need for help. Whether it's, you know, help me get over this grief, this anger, any of that. We can take
0: all of those things to God. Mm, yes. Okay. So Jody, I'm curious, do you have like a favorite chapter from the book?
1: <laughs> Since we've been talking about all the different contexts yes. um, one honestly, I, I think it depends on the day. Just uh-huh. like, you know, like sometimes I'm like, I need joy today. You know, Help me have joy. Help me extend forgiveness. Sometimes I feel friendless or lonely and I just need to kind of come to God and say, all right, help me be able to identify life-giving friends and invest in those or show me how to be a good friend and to love other people well. Sometimes it's a need for wisdom on a financial decision or just even this summer for me has been the constant, refrain, there's a chapter in there on resting in God because I am a doer. And I think we can be active and still at rest um, when we yield our agendas to God. And so that's been something I've been trying to practice saying, okay, resting you doesn't mean taking a nap all summer long, but it can mean turning my schedule and my to-do list over to you and sort of exhaling and saying, teach me to rest and to know that your presence is going with me. So all those things, I think the one so that I would come back to again and again in the book, I love the chapter on praying, it's called praying for parking places and and life's little things. And I know people might roll their eyes and go, oh no, she's one of those people that says pray for a parking space. But I love the idea that when we pray about the little things, as as we were saying at the beginning of our conversation, that equips us to kind of stay attached to the Lord and also to notice him in the little stuff. You know, thank you, God, that uh, I have a washing machine. When you see your kids' laundry and stuff everywhere, when you just Thank him for that kind of thing. It equips you, I think, to to notice his provision and then to live with gratitude. And that's actually another chapter: how to live with gratitude, to be noticing those things. The Bible says we enter his gates with thanksgiving, and I think counting our blessings and, and being grateful is a way to experience intimacy with the Lord. So you know, sometimes those very things, like you know, my husband's T-shirt that he left on the floor, do I look at that and I go, or do I look at that and go, you know what, Lord, thank you that I have a husband who left, you know, right. yes, he left his. T-shirt. But I thank you that I have a husband. And so, you know, just kind of equipping
0: us to to notice his provision in the little things and the big things all day long. I love that. Okay. This is funny because, you know, we were having some technical difficulties getting yeah. the audio to work on trying to get this recorded, which was totally my fault. But oh. <laughs> you know, in the process of trying to get it to work, I stopped and I I prayed for it and I said, Okay, God, help us get this figured yeah. out because this conversation is going to glorify you. So just like be with this this recording and the, and the technology on it. And here we are, <laughs> and here we are. And we're thanking him for that. And you know, how freeing it is, right. To know that we
1: don't, none of us have to go through life alone. We can ask him for help in any little thing and I'm sure your listeners right now have their own thing whatever it is whether it's not getting the technology to work in their podcast or whether it's you know the need for a child to sleep through the night, a teenager who's trying to make a college decision or are they even going to go to college or you know a, a, an aging parent, my mom just had her hip replaced and we have all these things and these needs and God would say talk to me about them. I'm your provider. I'm your heavenly father. I want to enter into the details of your life. If your child can't sleep through the night, pray about that and watch me provide.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay, well, Jody, will you tell everyone where can they go grab a copy of the book and where can they connect with you online?
1: Oh, thank you for asking that. Um, the books, books, all the books, the praying books are available, you know, kind of wherever people get books. But if you want to know a little bit more about each of them, I would suggest going to my website, jodieburnt.com, and you can read little reviews and summaries of what the different books are about. And then there are links to order. So you can price shop, whether it's Amazon or Christian book or where you can get it best. And then they'll also find things like printable prayer calendars and little prayer cards. You can tuck in your kids' lunch boxes, all that kind of thing, some videos and devices on there. So all that stuff's at Jodyburnt.com. But if people just want kind of a quick instant connection, I'm pretty active on Instagram. It's at Jody underscore burnt. So
0: folks can find me there. All right. Well, I love that, Jody. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about today that you wanted to touch on? Oh gosh, I just feel like there's so much we could we could chat about.
1: Um, but it's a joy and a privilege. And I would say to anyone listening, just do it. And if you're not a regular scripture reader, don't beat yourself up and think, oh, that's not me. That's just for the, you know serious churchgoers or whatever i would say start right where you are commit to just spending 3 to 5 minutes and opening your bible i would i would jump into the gospel of john or maybe a book like philippians the Psalms we read where David's pouring out his heart, pick something like that. And just, you know, set a timer if you want, come read three minutes, ask God to give you a nugget there, and then watch to see how you can use what you read during the day to shape your thoughts and and also your prayers. So you're partnering
0: with God and conversing with him all day long, just based on that little short interaction. Oh, yes. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And being such an encouragement and just for sharing your wisdom with us. Caitlin, thank you. Thank you. What a delight. (laughs)